This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. I'm Brian Goldfinger from Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. We'd like to wish you and your family a happy holiday season. Remember, if you're drinking, texting, smoking cannabis, you shouldn't drive or somebody's going to have to hire my law firm to set things straight. Visit goldfingerlaw.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Loom, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors lost their third game in a row, um, this time to the Boston Celtics, uh, losing by a score of 123 to 116 in overtime. It was a exhilarating game which uh you know because the Raptors lost was also a very painful game although the Raptors certainly had their chances to win it um I think the Celtics played a pretty good game I thought um despite the high score defensively the Celtics were pretty good and I think the Raptors were pretty good too it was just some very good offense very high quality offense shown by both teams with Kyrie Irving on one end Kyrie was just phenomenal probably the best game I've seen Kyrie play regular season wise I mean he's had a couple of 50 pieces but um, tonight, I mean, Kyrie, not just the scoring, which he took over the scoring completely for the Celtics in the second half, uh, and basically in the fourth quarter onward, it was just Kyrie. Um, but he finished with f- 43 points and 11 assists, but also his defense, like he was just really engaged defensively. I, I thought he really wanted to make a statement in this game. It was on ESPN. Um, and yeah, Kyrie balled out and Kyrie ultimately got the Celtics to win. And on the other side, the Raptors, you got a couple of good offensive performances. I thought Kawhi was really good um, overall. I thought Pascal did, you know, held up his end of the bargain. I thought Serge Ibaka held up his end of the bargain, and even JV to a lesser extent off the bench. I thought he was okay um, scoring wise. But you know, the Raptors. Um, let, let's just let's just go through quickly early early what happened on early in the game. The Raptors um, got off to a twelve to five start. It looked great. The Celtics obviously made their comeback, took the lead. Um, you know, the Celtics actually took like a 10-point lead midway through the second quarter. The bench was not getting it done, but the Raptors starters come in, completely flattened the Rap- uh, the Celtics. They got the lead back. It's all good. But then, third quarter, Raptors actually extend the lead because, again, the starters are just better than this, the, the Celtics starters. And again, the bench comes in and gives up the lead. And no matter what Nick Nurse tried to do, and he tried a couple of things with Pascal playing with the second unit, more time with the second unit, he tried a couple of things like, you know, bringing in Kawhi a little bit earlier and then giving him, him a bit of a break midway through the fourth and having him play two shifts. I mean, just none of it really worked. I mean, like, honestly, like the Raptors bench just, it's been really bad all season and it was really bad tonight and it really showed. Um, but still, it was a very close game, you know, very, very narrow game towards the end of the fourth quarter. The Raptors actually got up to a four-point lead, um, Kawhi was just really good, I think, closing out a lot of the moments in the fourth quarter, although we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get to what happened. But, um, you know, on a vital possession, he swipes the ball, he leads to fast break, he draws two defenders, he kicks it out right to a wide-open DeLon Wright. DeLon Wright cans the jumper, and it's a four-point lead. The next possession, the Raptors, um, you know, Kyle Lowry does a great job of pressuring Marcus Morris on along the baseline, and Marcus Morris ends up stepping out of bounds. And at this point, the Raptors have the ball with less than a minute left, in which case you would think the Raptors will close this game out just like they should have closed out the Pistons game. Did not happen. Did not happen. Um, first off, I think 
there's a couple of things to really diagnose, but I let's just run through the play by play, I guess. So Kyle Lowry, less than a minute left. He has the ball. He calls his own number. Okay. Um, I'm not really sure what he was trying to do, but he kind of slowly brings the ball up. Um, this is after the turnover. And uh, I guess maybe he was trying to kill the clock and take a late shot, which I don't like that approach at all. But I mean, it's at least better than taking a quick shot. Um, however, he gets a screen from Pascal. Basically, Pascal doesn't really screen very well in that sense, and um, Kyle Lowry waves it off. Then Kyle tries to drive on Jason Tatum. Doesn't really go anywhere. You know, pivots, turns, spins. You know, Tatum is much longer than uh, Kyle Lowry, which I thought that part was a really good move by Brad Stevens to put a larger defender on Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry could not score at all today. 14 points on 3 of 12 shooting. That's not very good performance. Got some extra free throws, but just overall not a factor offensively. Um and so, yeah, Kyle basically is trapped in the air, nowhere to go, and he ends up having to throw the ball to a cutting DeLon right along the baseline. And it basically was a bailout pass. He forced the pass. It was a turnover. The Celtics go the other way. They got the numbers advantage. Jason Tatum drives to the rim, dunks. All of a sudden, it's a two-point game. So, first off, horrible possession by Kyle Lowry. Just horrible. Like, for you should probably give the ball to you know, Kawhi Leonard in that situation. But even if you call a play for yourself, at least screen with Serge Ibaka. What are you doing screen with, you know, Pascal Siakam like Pascal's not a very good screener and like I I get if you're trying to attack Gordon Hayward on a switch but like Hayward is not much shorter or like you know I mean like he's not worse of a defender than Jason Tatum so I just didn't see the logic in that play at all and I think it was very costly because not only did the shot miss but the Raptors you know Kyle ends up turning the ball over and was DeLon right under the rim so they the, the Celtics have a number advantage and they score At, up to this point. The Celtics had kind of petered out offensively in half court. Like it was Kyrie had gotten them back into the game with some crazy shots, but then he started taking some bad threes and they weren't going in. And to be honest, the Raptors half court defense was pretty solid. I, I would have rather seen the Raptors, you know, play hard defense after, you know, whatever Kyle misses a shot. I mean, even if he just threw it out of bounds, I would have preferred that because at least the Raptors could set up the defense. But, um, Instead, Tatum dunks. It's like, okay, fine. All right. At this point, it's like, all right, whatever. You know, um, the next play down, the Raptors tried to um, get the ball to Kawhi. And, okay, so I, I, don't, I didn't really see the logic of what the Raptors were trying to do. So, um, basically, the play was Kawhi dribbled up the floor, or Kyle dribbled up the floor, and then he tried to set up screen for Kawhi to force a mismatch, kind of like the way he used to do with DeMar DeRozan. You remember every time the Raptors in a clutch basket, it was DeMar bringing the ball up, Kyle would set a screen, they would try to like screen, screen again over and over again until the point guard was ending up on the on the wing. And so he tried to do the same shit with Kawhi. Did not work. First off, the Celtics knew it was coming. The Raptors tried this like four or five times in the fourth quarter. It did not work. I'm not sure who was calling that play. If it's Nick Nurse on the sideline or if it's Kyle Lowry. But given that it was in the front court and the Raptors bench was in, you know, on, on the defensive end of the floor, I think it was Kyle. And based on the play that was called, I think, again, it, it's most likely it was Kyle. But they tried it a couple times in the fourth quarter. It did not work every single time that he tried it. Um, it's same thing in the Pistons game. It just, it just doesn't – it's not a good play. It's not a good play because I think there's better ways to set up Kawhi. But anyway, the Raptors basically waste all this time. They try to get this mismatch. And uh, it, it basically ends with Kawhi taking a contested jumper over Marcus Morris with uh, Al Horford fading over and helping. Like It was just very difficult. Another miss. And then the thing is, <laughs> Pascal then sneaks in from the weak side. He's you know um, he's basically trying to collect the offensive rebound, and uh, the referees called a push on Pascal Siakam. Now, if you go back and look at the video, I don't think there is a push. I think what happened was the rebound was a little bit too high for Hay- Hayward, who did have inside position. 
but the ball bounced over Hayward, and Siakam was going to get it, and Siakam did ultimately get it and put, uh, like, hit a putback, which effectively would have ended the game. I mean, um, at that point, the Raptors would have been up four with 24 seconds left, but instead, the referees called a foul on Siakam, um, and Hayward kind of just, like, flops his way into that foul by kind of just throwing his hands up because he realized he didn't get the ball. Very it's a savvy move, really, but again... Um, you know, Siakam gets called for the foul, and then it actually goes the other way, and Hayward shoots two free throws to tie the game instead of the game being over. So, 50-50 call, very annoying, but okay, it goes the Celtics' way. It's in TD Garden. You're, you really can't expect any better than that. Again, the Raptors still have a chance to tie, sorry, still have a chance to win the game, okay? It's 107 all, 24 seconds left. Let's see what Nick Nurse draws up. He's seen that little screen with Kyle Lowry did not work. What are your other options? He draws up the same play, basically, that uh, lost the Pistons game. I mean, it's not even a play. It's a non-play. It's just give the ball to Kawhi and let him dribble. Um, Now, again, I think there's a distinction to be made because I don't mind isolation plays at the end of the game, especially with your best player, especially if your best player is really good at isolation, right? I mean, it's one thing if you're isolating for, like, Ben Simmons or whatever, but if for Kawhi, I don't mind isolating. The, the thing is, there are better ways to deliver him the ball than to have him just dribble up the floor, get onto the side, like, near the sideline, and then take a very tough, like, 20-footer, which clanked, and, like, the Raptors going to overtime, they ended up losing. Overtime, whatever. They were running out of gas anyway. Overtime, they were going to lose for sure, but... um. I just take exception with the play calling because, first off, the way Kawhi should be used is you set up a um, play where you space the floor correctly, you put three guys on one side of the floor, you put one guy and then Kawhi, Kawhi sets up in the post, he makes sure the defender is behind him, and then you deliver a post pass to Kawhi, and at that point, the guy who passes the ball also clears out, there's shooters everywhere, and you let Kawhi operate that way. Not only does that... A, negate the, uh, you know, the need for Kawhi to dribble because Kawhi's dr- handle is f- effective, but it's not the best. He's not going to break a guy down very consistently and drive to the rim. He's not Kyrie in that sense. It's best when, you know, Kawhi can use his length to shoot over. And so if you want him to shoot over, you probably want him to get closer to the rim, right? He's obviously very money on those shots. And again, if he's attacking a guy one-on-one um, in the post, it, it's fine because he could, again, turn, face up, and then shoot. That's a way better shot than what the Raptors got for Kawhi in the in the fourth quarter. And I think, um, you know, it was just another lost opportunity. And, again, you got to really think about whether or not Nick Nurse or Kyle Lowry are pl- calling the shots. Whichever one of the two it is, I mean, it's probably a collaborative. And it's probably Kawhi's probably got some input on that too. But this is just, just not good, man. These are just not good plays. Like, it doesn't make sense to me to have Kawhi dribble the ball up all the way up the floor. I mean, like against the Pistons, you know, first off, I mean, I don't even understand the Pistons game. I mean, like, why didn't you just advance the ball at that point um, with 10 seconds left? And at worst, you have to inbound to the backcourt, but that's fine. I mean, they barely got the inbound play in, and then Kawhi dribbles up the floor and bounces off his foot. That's unlucky, but still. In this case, again, it's the same thing. You're giving Kawhi the ball to just dribble at a guy, and, like, that's not where he's most effective. Put him into the post and let him turn around and shoot. That's way better, but regardless, you know, um, the Raptors lost, basically, uh, from that point onward. Like I said, I mean, attrition played a role in this game. OG Anobi was fouled very hard on a – and midair, too. So he collapsed on his wrist, and then apparently he already had his wrist taped up coming into the game. So um, it must have been bothering him a little bit, his right wrist. And then he only plays nine minutes and exit the game. He actually had pretty good nine minutes, I thought. Um, you know, he did have a wild air ball, but um, 
he did also hit two threes after that. And I, I thought OG was actually quite solid. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, so OG was out. And then Danny Green basically battled foul trouble all game. But then he comes in midway through the like in the third quarter there. He picks up an incredibly soft foul just trying to battle for a rebound. Again, like the Raptors kept trying to go on the offensive glass against the Celtics, which I think is a good idea. And they would usually sneak a guy, whoever's stationed in the corner on, on, on their sets, they would come in and try to, like, you know, poach for a rebound. And Danny was often that guy because he's often in the corner. Uh, and two times he got called for fouls, just very, very soft fouls. And, I mean, like, yeah, I'm biased towards Raptors. But, I mean, go watch the video. Those those were soft, soft fouls. And, you know, that was his, basically his fourth and his sixth foul. His fifth foul was literally nothing. It was just Hayward and him were jostling for position. It wasn't even like, you know, there's a slight tug or no, nothing. There's just nothing. I, it, I just That was just privilege on that play. I'm, I'm not going to lie. But, I mean, you know, so Danny was had fouled out of the game at that point. And so the Raptors basically were exhausted. I mean, if the game had gone to overtime, the Raptors were fresh or losing. Um, an underrated part of that uh, those two fouls on Danny Green was that the Raptors um, then conceded free throws when, again, Pascal had that 50-50 shot with Hayward, and Hayward basically flops his way into two free throws. If there was no, if those two foul calls on Danny Green were not there, not only do the Raptors have Danny Green for the rest of the game, but the Celtics don't shoot free throws because the Raptors' half-court defense is really good. I think that's the one positive you got to really take away from this. I know the Celtics scored really well, but most of that was Kyrie. Kyrie was phenomenal. Like, And we've seen, I mean, if you're a basketball fan, you've seen Kyrie Irving go into these modes. And again, as just as general fan, I love watching Kyrie. He's one of my favorite players to watch. He is so so nice. But um, you know, when he gets in these modes, he's hitting all sorts of tough shots. The Raptors just couldn't stop him from getting to the rim. All these crazy short mid range shots, turning around, twisting. He was really good with the pass, and I said he even really good with on defense too. So it was a great game from Kyrie. But the Raptors did a pretty good job against everyone else. I mean, Al Horford, you know, eleven points on five of nine shooting. You live with that. Gordon Hayward, 4 of 8 shooting for 15 points, only some free throws. You mostly live with that, and mostly you got that against the Raptors bench. Jason Tatum, 21 points, 8 of 13. It's not the greatest, but most of that was set up by Kyrie. Again, when there was more defensive attention on Kyrie, there was more like capabilities for Tatum to, to shoot. Jalen Brown, 3 of 11. You'll live with that. Marcus, Mo- uh, Marcus Smart, 2 of 5. Marcus Morris, 4 of 8. Terry Rozier, 2 of 6. Aaron Baines, 1 of 3. So you basically would live with all the production there, except for obviously Kyrie had it really going. And Tatum, you know, scored a little bit. I'm not too worried about Tatum. Um, but yeah, the Raptors, you know, I thought defensively did well. And part of what they did well was that they were able to switch. And especially the Raptors starting lineup, uh, again, you know, they had Ibaka start because, you know, Horford was on the other side. Um, but, you know, those... Those five players, you know, Larry Green, Ibaka, Siakam, Leonard, those guys can all switch and they can blow up most of the Celtics actions because mostly what the Celtics try to do is they don't really um, they don't really put too much pressure on the rim. What they really do is screen and then have their shooters um, threaten you and, and sort of like run pick and pop and stuff like that. And then, you know, when they do drive to the rim is when they fake you out and then they go to the basket. But aside from Kyrie, none of them are really that big of a threat to attack the basket. They mostly play defense, get in transition. Otherwise, they try to shoot some threes. But the Raptors really were able to take the three game away from the Celtics. The Celtics only shot 9-26. Um, and so, you know, the Raptors should have been able to 
I don't know. I'm just confident in the way the Raptors play against the Celtics both times. I think defensively, the Raptors really have it there. Uh, and especially when you consider the fact that, you know, you can bring in OG off the bench. You can bring in DeLon right off the bench. Um, those guys can continue basically playing the same style that the Raptors want to play defensively. I'm actually pretty confident about the Raptors. The only thing I would say about, you know, looking ahead to a potential playoff series, which, by the way, this would be a, a crazy playoff series that I think the NBA needs to have. Um, but, I mean... You know, uh, I, I think the only thing you really want to see is another big off the bench that can actually play against the Celtics. JV is just not a very good matchup against these Celtics. JV can score a little bit, and like him versus Baines is okay, but like, man, it's just it's not it's it's not very effective using him against Baines. Like, you can't really post. Um, you know, he did score a couple of tough baskets, so you got to credit him for that. But I mean, like JV's just not really going to be a positive player in this sense. And also when you have a guy like Kyrie, I mean, they're going to go at Jonas all the time. Jonas is not going to be able to play a lot of minutes in a series against the Celtics. He only played 19 minutes tonight because everyone fouled out. Like even Siakam fouled out in the four, in overtime and, and the JV had to play. But um, yeah, JV's just not going to play that many minutes. And I don't think you want to play that many minutes with Ibaka and with maybe even Pascal playing center. So maybe the Raptors need to go get another guy. And this is the name I've bring up. It's not specifically him, but the archetype what I'm looking for is like a Tristan Thompson type of like you can dominate the glass and then you can defend all the scenarios. I don't even need him to score. I just need him to set big screens maybe like and just defend well. I think that would really serve the Raptors well in this matchup. That way you can consistently do the switching thing, starting lineup and the bench lineup. You have an eight-man rotation of everyone being able to defend everyone, and it'll be great. That's what I'm looking for from the Raptors. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. It's a tough loss. I, I feel a little bit bitter about it because, again, I think the officiating really played into a factor with Danny Green and, and Pascal Siakam. Um, but you know, in TD garden, like, honestly, it is, it's a, probably the toughest arena in the league to get a call. Like it is so tough to get calls in TD garden and the Raptors actually shot more free throws, but the Raptors are incredibly the more aggressive team, at least going towards the basket. I mean, Kyrie was going to the basket for the Celtics, but nobody else really was. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, just those two foul calls were just, it just kind of took the piss out of the game. It really did. I mean, it's by the time Pascal fouled out in, in overtime, again, off some other soft stuff, like you're just laughing because like, otherwise the game was incredibly physical. So I, I don't know how this, the referees kind of came to their decisions the way they did, but the main takeaways I would have, and again, I, I'm, this is a, a very, very long podcast. I think it's a very important matchup this is why I'm speaking so much, but, um, you know, the positives you want to take away is that uh, the Raptors have physicality uh, and, in, in terms of their scoring and sort of Kawhi, Pascal, Serge, like they were all great in terms of scoring in the paint, even JV. The Raptors forwards are really good at scoring, but the Raptors guards need to do more. And I'm specifically looking at Kyle Lowry because Kyle Lowry has not looked like himself. 14 points and 3 of 12 shooting is not going to cut it, especially when you play 42 minutes and you also get torched the other side by Kyrie. I think Kyle has taken some very hard hits this season, has not sat and played some very long minutes. It's looking concerning. He was not moving very well today and he could not really get a shot off. Um, I think the Celtics were very, very smart to put a long guy on him. He was completely neutralized. And the Raptors probably need another scorer of that sense because otherwise the Raptors actually have pretty good defenders who can score. And Kyle is usually one of those guys. But his three-point shot is not there, three, one of six tonight, and he's just struggled. Like the common thread in all four of the Raptors' losses is that Kyle Lowry did not play well. And this is, a you know, just the latest example of that. Um, and, yeah, so in terms of your three stars, I would give it to um, – Kawhi, Pascal, Serge. Easy. 
Um, I know people are going to get angry at Kawhi for the isolation stuff. I really, really pin it on uh, Nick Nurse and Kyle Lowry for not getting him in better spots. They have to, have to, have to work on that. Their crunch time offense has not been good all season. It just hasn't, right? Um, even in the moments when they've had some good moments, uh, like the Wizards game, which was a bit fluky because Kyle was just on fire with some crazy shots and Fred hit that random floater. Um, and also that the you know the win against the Celtics, uh, the win against the Celtics, a lot of that was off the Raptors' defense. They were able to score in transition. That's not really crunch time execution, in, in my opinion. I think uh, you need to have a crunch time offense. You need, the Raptors need to decide what works for them and what doesn't work for them. And right now, what doesn't work is Kyle Lowry screening for Kawhi Leonard or just having Kawhi Leonard dribble up the floor. Like you got to get him into the post. I, I, I beg you, I beg you, get Kawhi Leonard into the post, let him face up, and let him shoot. That's a better way to use him than what the Raptors have used him so far. But I thought Kawhi was phenomenal. I mean, he was the Raptors' best player by far. He carried the Raptors. Basically, the Celtics had not a lot of good matchups against him. And, uh, yeah, Kawhi was Kawhi was just a killer, man. He, he kept taking it to the basket, too. I like the way he took it to the basket. It's not something that he's done too much of this season. But crazy physical game from Kawhi. 31 points, 15 rebounds. Pascal, 16 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. You know, defended really well, I thought. And then Serge Ibaka, 21 points, 4 rebounds, 8 of 15 shooting, 2 of 3 from deep. Um, you know, played Al Horford to a standstill, and that's his job on this in this matchup. He has to play Al Horford to a standstill. And I think tonight he actually outplayed Al Horford, just like in the the, Ra- the first Raptors game. Um, Serge is vital, vital in the series against the Celtics. So, um, you know, it's, it's really crazy how much Serge has turned the season around. And then in terms of the Celtics, Gerald Henderson Award, uh, it's tough, really. I mean, like... Obviously, you don't want to give it to Kyrie because you know he's capable of this, but he was basically the best player for them. And I don't know. I, I guess you could give it to Tatum, but even still, it was really just Kyrie. So I'm, I'll am i give it to Kyrie. But honestly, no disrespect to Kyrie, man. I mean, it, I was just saying that the Gerald Henderson part only applies to how hard he played on defense. Usually Kyrie Irving's not that engaged defensively. He stepped up defensively. He was everywhere. Um, he, I mean, he forced Kawhi into a jump ball and then won the jump ball. Like... You know, in the fourth quarter, like it was, it was a incredible effort from Kyrie. I was beyond impressed, and um, yeah. So for his defense, I'm giving him Gerald Henderson. I would not disrespect Kyrie for the offense. Obviously, Kyrie can do this against almost any defense, any team. So that's us for the podcast. Uh, again, sorry for a very long one, but it was a very exhilarating game, and uh, I think a lot of implications coming out of this one. Uh, as always, you can read ten things on my Twitter account, uh, also on the Score app, and. Um, you know, for any, to anyone who's supporting the Patreon, both RR and also mine personally, I would like to thank you very much. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow to recap the Bulls game, which will be very interesting. That Bulls game, I mean, man, we're going to see a lot of Malachi Richardson. We're going to see a lot of uh, Lorenzo Brown. It's going to be tough. The Raptors are probably going to rest Kawhi after he played 43 minutes. And uh, we'll see what happens with OG. But it's, uh, the Raptors are pretty banged up right now. I mean, don't forget Danny Green also, like, you know, uh, had some back soreness in the Pistons game and, and exited that one. So, yeah, it's not looking good, man. It's not looking good. And I didn't even say much about Fred, who, God damn it, man. It would not surprise me if Fred secretly took some GoDaddy money. Anyway, speak about that. Give him one more chance against the Bulls. If he doesn't perform against the Bulls, then I want to go in on, on, on Fred. But for now, the Raptors have lost three in a row. It's not looking great. They got to fix their crunch time offense. And quite honestly, they got to get healthy because it's a problem.